Project Overdrive, an extension of the Roz Project Live that airs every Monday and Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. In audio and video on Facebook Live, Periscope, Twitch, LinkedIn Live, and YouTube, a conversation about life, entrepreneurship, personal development, family tech, and marketing. Of course, my name is Ivan Temelkoff, and I'm your host. And today, joining me is Matthew Yeast. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, you did, Ivan. Awesome. How's it going, Matt? Good, good, good. Over in uh, Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Got some skiing in yesterday. So nice. that, was, that was nice. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, before we jump into chatting about some of the things and have you drop some value, I want to share a little bit about your background to our listeners. And uh, uh, first of all, on this podcast, you will gather 100% real, raw, and unfiltered, life-changing advice to help you level up every aspect in your of your life and business and help you reach your goals and dreams. And a little bit about Matt, he's the founder of Extend Your Team, a virtual assistant company. He helps entrepreneurs and operators of all company sizes grow their business by getting out of their grind. He was working 14 hours a day on his e-commerce portfolio, managing a team of six, uh, buried in operations, and it was affecting his marriage. The situation was not tenable. He had enough and finally figured out how to hire an A-plus player overseas who could run the operations better than him so he could focus on growth. He realized that the core issue is people look at for a virtual assistant and not a real professional. In 45 days, he went from working 14 hours to three hours per day, and now it's a three-hour work week. He has built past two companies with 100% remote workforce and now helps others do the same. So let's go way back, Matt. I mean, huge accomplishments that you've done. And I want to talk about this, but let's start with your story. Like, how did this all start? How did you get into the space? Obviously, entrepreneurship, we know a lot of people are getting into the space, but let's talk about your story. How did you get into this? Sure. So about 10 years ago, I ended up starting a national restaurant chain. Uh, or then became National Restaurant. We scaled it uh, to 14 locations in five year, in four years. After that, I was never a restaurant guy. It's just because I knew one of the uh, other founders. It was a really senior restaurant guy, and he kind of helped me get into entrepreneurship. Um, after that, I said I want to go back into uh, technology, which was my background. You know, and so I did a bit of a startup. You know, I tried a couple startups in the Bay Area, and you know that just wasn't for me. And so I decided to uh, buy an e-commerce business, uh, specifically an e-commerce portfolio. And it was what, three businesses, three sites at the time, now four. So mm-hmm. through that, we started with a, a fully uh, domestic domestic workforce. So I had people here. And then right. through otherwise, I just started going overseas, right? I said, you know, there has to be a better way. I keep on hearing about virtual assistants. I keep on, everyone was telling me about it in my networking groups. And so what I realized is that there's this whole workforce out there. And I started with low level workers and eventually, you know, where they could just take, take stuff off your plate, right? They're great, you know, and they just live overseas. And so that's where I started my journey. Very cool. Very cool. So that's really interesting, you know, how you started your journey. And I always ask about the story because 
I think every entrepreneur has their own individual story. And I think that's in part what's so fascinating is where you got started, why you got started, and what was the driving factor. So uh, you mentioned in your bio that, you know, you're founder of, you know, Extend Your Team, a virtual assistant company. So is that how Extend Your Team kind of came about is an extension of like the e-commerce and then realizing, you know what, in the reality, I'm grinding 12, 14 hours a day. And a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand that earlier on, that's exactly what you're going to be doing before you strike gold, if you ever do. Right. <laughs> yeah. So is that how yeah. Extend Your Team came about? It was actually born out of a very short stint I did at a large executive admin outsourcing business. Uh, at the time I came in, uh, this was when I, I tried to do Silicon Valley for a second. At the time I came in as interim COO to help cut, turn around the business. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately for a lot of reasons, it just wasn't possible, but I love the idea. Fast forward, I bought my business and it's so funny because you forget a lot of the lessons that you know. I, I know, you know, I know that operations does not create value, and it, that, that's the biggest mistake I made in my e-commerce business: is thinking my operational expertise is just going to create all this magical value. So, I always loved the outsourced EA idea, and what happened was, I like you said in the intro, I was getting crushed. I mean, I for years. I mean, this is probably three and a half years. I was just working 14 hours a day and it really, you know, it, it sounds kind of cliche. It was affecting my marriage, but it really was. I mean, it was really causing yeah. a lot of tension between my wife and I, and we were going to China. And so she said, it was just a vacation with her family. And she said, I really would like you not to work on this vacation. It would be great. <laughs> Right, so you laugh. So you know that's not a request. No, that's. No. I'm married. I know that ain't happening. Yeah. Okay. So if my, my suffering wife, uh, but yeah, she said. So sorry. So she said, why don't you hire some? I had a few people in the Philippines. They were low level uh, virtual assistants, right? Do my customer service and a couple other things. Why don't you hire someone to run it? You know, now the business is, was doing you know four thousand orders a month, and so I was sitting here like. Okay, I don't know. Is it possible? I asked a couple people who, who are very familiar with hiring out of the Philippines. They've yeah. never done it. So I said, let me see. I was, I was very motivated. And I hired someone and it, she changed my life. And then, so what happened was, you know, this is really a lesson. In, you know, everyone likes to talk about the good parts of entrepreneurship. No one ever wants to talk about the bad parts. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so things are going well, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, Angelica crushing it. I mean, really just, uh, it just blew me away, right? Got me out of the business. I'm like, all right, what am I doing? You know, am I gonna do something else? I'll buy another business. Then COVID happens, right? So e-commerce during COVID is absolutely incredible, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's exploded, right? Sounds great, right? Except if you're in the wedding business. So uh. my largest business uh, of the four businesses is in weddings. And so you can imagine what happened. I mean, it just was like a freight train came hit it. Yeah. No one wants to talk about like, oh my God, I was riding high. And what happens when the freight train hits? Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. Well, you know, you were, you were talking about e-commerce. I wanted to add one note. So I, I'm hearing some people bitch about the growth of Amazon during COVID. And honestly, when you think about it is the accessibility and the convenience 
getting your hands on consumer goods. That's why they're growing because during COVID you're sitting on the couch, you know, you don't have much of an option. You can't go outside. So people are more limited in other areas in the country. I mean, I'm in the Midwest, but you know, I've heard East coast and West coast just being crazy about the limitations, right. And, and, and the, the limitations around that, but that's why they've grown. So when you said weddings, like nobody's, you know, people are trying to get married, but they can't buy shit for a wedding or people show up to the wedding, let alone. Yeah. I mean, you know, for, for a lot of the country, they were banned. Right. So I basically, you know, so it didn't go to, you know, it, it doesn't go to zero, but you know, it was reduced by a large amount. Right because while you can't have weddings. And so I said, I said, okay, that's great. I stabilized the business. That was not a fun four weeks while I figured that out, right? Just decisively just reorganizing everything. And I said, okay, uh, to Angelica, you know, a lot of people were shocked at the success I had with you and running my business. Yeah. And I said, why don't we start a virtual assistant agency and just get people like you? That's it. Yeah. And so, you know, my first client was someone in one of my networking groups. Um, I found him an amazing bookkeeper. I found, and it's grown to, we'll be at 50 people. And it's since I started in May. Yeah. Right? So well, and it's that's, a really interesting thing. I, I, I solved my own problem yeah. and just do it for others. Well, that's actually the topic I wanted to chat with you about is how you sure. launched the business in the pandemic to start things off and grew it to 50 people. So, we know that, you know, when growth happens from discomfort, and I think COVID created a lot of discomfort for a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, a lot of small businesses closed their doors, but I think it's in part because they failed to innovate and just get creative. You know, yeah. I mean, not entirely, but that was a part of that problem. Let's talk about like, how did you COVID hits and you're like, you know, everybody's like, you know, running for the hill, so to speak. You're like, no, I'm starting a business. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nothing like necessity, right? right. I mean, you know, the, look, my e-commerce portfolio, like, thankfully, you know, look, you learn a lot about diversification and do stuff like this because, you know, one part got smacked, the other part's doing very well. But right. I, it still freed me up. And it wasn't enough to keep me interested. And that's what I'm just doing. So I, what, what made me start it is I just saw the need. I saw what, how it mattered to me. And I said, well, why can't, I mean, other people, I know the problem with virtual assistants that people go hot, hire very low level people get frustrated why it doesn't work yeah. and fire them very quickly or, you know, they keep them on and it just sucks up the time because you're sitting there dealing with very low level people. And it's like asking someone straight out of, you know, with no experience out of college to go help run a large business. It just doesn't work. Right. right. So, you, you know, certain things you do need experience. Like you need a number two who has been around the block a little bit. And I just saw the need and I talked to people I knew they validated the idea and they gave me a shot. Yeah. So was it extend your team that was born during COVID? Yes. Yeah. I did not have this business. So I, at first it was just under my existing umbrella, like my existing LLC. And then within two months, I started a new LLC specifically for this. Once I saw I hit a certain level and I was like, okay, this is real. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I'm a huge fan of that, that you said that you started a business in the midst of when stimulus, well, stimulus didn't hit until what, middle of 2020, I think. Yeah. around there yeah you you start a business when covid when a pandemic one of the biggest problems worldwide and you start a business but you know what 
I think that's the true epitome of real entrepreneurs is just that we're so resilient that we understand that when there's discomfort is when we need to step up our game because, you know, where there's a problem, there's a need for a solution. So problem is COVID. You got to figure out how to create a solution to meet all this, all this demand. So you're starting the, this business. But one thing that you mentioned that I, I want to kind of shift towards is you were working these 14 hour days, right? So you were like grinding and grinding. Let's face it. Entrepreneurship is a fucking grind. You know, you're like 60, 70, 80 hour days for probably the first few years. And that's not even a guarantee that you'll make it. It's just a shot at actually getting a runway to where you make the most amount of mistakes. And then once you make those mistakes, hopefully you learn and don't make those mistakes again. Some people will just keep making the mistakes. And that's why 99% of entrepreneurs fail is because they don't learn from those past mistakes. So how did you solve the problem of 14 hour days to three hour days within 45 days? I hired someone who was good. I mean, imagine, so, you know, let's just say uh, you hire someone who's, uh, you know, differently talented, but very talented in what they do. And, right. you know, she was chief of staff for a hundred person company, right? Now I had a small six person business, right? The the thing is, if when you go in and you, you play with um, salary disparity, right? So she makes a very good salary right. for her country, right? Yeah. Now, but her expenses in her country are also much lower, right? There's no such thing as a million dollar hat. I'm sure there right. are, but there's not, it's not a common thing like when you go to major cities like New York, right? So she makes an executive salary for the Philippines. So right. I'm, but the disparity in pay is significant enough that I'm earning in dollars and I'm paying in dollars too, but I'm paying in Filipino levels. You just are able to get better people and they're happy. Yeah. So that's all I did. I just got someone who was, very good at what she does. You know, I want to speak to that because, you know, I'm an Eastern European, an immigrant, you know, I've seen both sides of the fence. But one thing that I think it's important to mention here is is that people in different countries, like I technically came from a third world country, former communist country. And some people are like, they can't even fathom living there, you know, and I won't talk about that. But I think one thing you brought up is, is, is that, and it's not just the Philippines. I feel like, you know, across the pond, there's sort of this mantra and resilience that is hard to find in people here. I mean, you can find them, but it's very, very difficult when you do, it can be very pricey because I feel like a lot of talent, especially, you know, me being in the marketing space is just that it's hard to find really good, dedicated, you know, talent, maybe even seasoned, depending, depending on the kind of caliber of person that you're looking for. Like you said, you don't want to hire someone out of college, I've done that. And I learned my lesson uh, on that. But you keep moving. So when you hire someone in the Philippines, it's just that it's just a whole different mantra. You know, they're willing to work hard. They have a work ethic. They understand, you know, what it takes and they're willing to show up consistently. And the cost factor is a lot more cost efficient to you because of the economics behind it. I think that's what people don't understand is because you're absolutely right. I know in your bio was mentioning that there's this huge misconception around virtual assistants, right? Because most people think that I'm going to hire someone cheap because I can increase my profit margin. Well, no, (laughs) you still need to find someone who's dependable, who's knowledgeable, 
who's going to be able to execute and, and show up. And like you said, you found someone who was chief of staff for a hundred person company. Now they're coming in to, to manage a six person company. So it is possible. And what's advantageous to you is the economical difference in cost of living, basically. And I think that's what, I mean, this is really key because I know that especially with startups in the United States, there's a lot of startups, even businesses that have been in business for five plus years, because let's face it, the four or five year mark is hopefully when you make the most amount of mistakes and then you, you hopefully push forward, you know, from them. But even those businesses that are five plus years in the business are always looking for cheap help. And that's the misconception. Like I'm just hiring someone in Philippines because they're cheaper. No, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, just because it's cheap doesn't mean that it's good. And that's a traditional misconception. I think that if you pay for cheap labor, you're going to get higher results. And that's not true. Right. You, you have to I mean, look, it's like anything else. You got to pay for talent. Right. And exactly. when you're going to, you know, people are proud. I pay someone, you know, $4 an hour in the Philippines. Okay, that's fine. But guess what you're getting? You're getting someone who has very little experience, is not dependable, and who'll leave you for 50 cents or leave you for a quarter, right? What's that worth to you? And so one of the things I think is that's resonated for us is we are absolutely at the top end of the market, not even a question, right? Of people I know they're doing this. Like, I I don't know anyone who's in the the same market level we are, but results speak for themselves. People are happy. Right. We're not losing, we're not losing clients for incompetence. Right. Of course, you're gonna have people whose needs change, but you, you know, you're not sitting here saying, wow, you got me someone's, you know, a terrible hire. I can't believe that, you know, it's just not that's not happening. Right. Right. So, you know, this of course, look, it's still hiring, right? You don't know till you know. But at the end of the day, when you get better people, you get better results. And I had looked at my first client, he was in a similar situation as as me. And where he was working all these hours. And when his first person came on, his hours, he was like, he told me, he's like, I feel guilty. I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. I, like I just feel guilty. I don't have all this work to do. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it matters, right? Like, talent matters. Absolutely. I agree 100% in competence. I mean, you know, whether you're paying more or less, I mean, you're still looking for competence, right? And, and, and talent. And I think that's a really key factor. Um, you know, I want to shift the convo to, since we're talking about entrepreneurship and building your business is sure. uh, to talk about, you know, what you need to focus on as an entrepreneur. Um, Cause I think that <laughs> the IG entrepreneurs that are at large right now with the fake Lambos and the bullshit that they post, <laughs> you know, is like just totally, totally saturating the entrepreneurial space and, I used to, I went through a phase where it used to drive me bad shit crazy because it's just diluting the potential of, you know, capable people like you and I who are trying to create an impact in the marketplace. So let's talk about new entrepreneurs, 2021, you got a phenomenal idea, starting a business or you're looking to grow. What do you need to focus on? Yeah. As a, as a side note, um, I'm a drop shipper. That's my e-commerce business. So you want to talk about scammers, about teaching, you know, that, that's like the center <laughs> of it on YouTube. Yeah. Right? If, if you, they're teaching you how to do something, that's their business, not actually doing it. Right. Yep. It's, you know, but what do you focus yep. on? Honestly, focus on one thing, growth, just, just mm-hmm. get sales or whatever the equivalent is under your belt and just keep on doing that. The, 
the thing that trips most people up, in my opinion, is it's what tripped me up, even though I knew better, right? Because it wasn't my first rodeo, is I think that having the best operations to the nth degree is, is what's important and going to make my business successful. You have to have a certain, of course, you have to be competent, right? I mean, it's not, not to say, but at a certain point, that's not what's important. It hinders you focusing on having, you know, for me, having these kind of conversations, yeah. doing sales, you know, in my case, I post a lot on LinkedIn, doing those type of things that grows my business. Hiring out the operations to competent people, that's way better than me doing my val otherwise you're valuing your time very at very low. So you're yeah. telling me you're valuing your time at like 16 bucks an hour. Okay. I mean, that's what you're valuing your time at. Like, hey, it, you know, pe but when people don't realize that. I, you know, I never really thought of it like that, but you know, you just have to be ruthless with your time, outsource anything. Let's just say you value your time at 100 an hour, 50 an hour. It doesn't make a difference. If you can outsource it, you should if it's less than that. Yeah. Right? And I think that's the most important thing. Focus on growth, especially if you're new. Focus on validation. Talk to everyone mm -hmm. you know. Don't be like everyone's like, people are like, oh, you, they're going to steal my idea. No, really, they're not. People don't want to, like, people say, maybe they say they're going to, but no one's going to execute it like you. Right. And believe me, people don't have the time, right? They right. just, people, no. So I tell, my wife drives my, drives my wife nuts. I talk to everyone. I tell them everything. I'm open. I don't care. And, you know, she, she sits there like, yeah, but now people know the secret sauce. I'm like, I don't care because they can't execute it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, you mentioned so many important things and I wanted to allude to that is, and the first thing is this, you know, uh, value your time because you can't get more of that, you know, cause let's face it. We all, you know, are born and then we die. So some have more time, others have less, but what's really key in entrepreneurship is just that value your time. The other thing is just that you as an entrepreneur have the biggest potential because you're multifaceted and you understand now, that's where it's important is, like you said, is, you know, outsource as much as you can, you know, to people that can handle operations or this and that. Like, you know, I've been really thinking about this myself being in the marketing space is just that, you know, I'm a relationship builder. I'm a networker. I love meeting people. I love, you know, identifying new opportunities, new collaborations. Right. I, I need to outsource all this technology stuff that, that I do, you know, because if I do that, I'm freeing up my time to where I can focus on more. And I think that's the biggest mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs, especially new entrepreneurs make, that I can handle all this myself. In fact, I know a guy who is a designer that I've partnered up with for eight years. You know, he's been working on himself. He wants to grow his business, but he says, I can't find anybody reliable. And I'm like, I don't think you understand the fact that you will never find someone like you. If you do, then you're replaced. Correct. Well, that's, that, what I'm that's saying? it. Yeah. Right. You're the boss for a reason, right? Like just, you have to remember right. that. Yeah, you're the boss for a reason. And yes, they may not do it as well as you. A lot of times they can do it better if you have, have the, find the right person, but mm -hmm. they're not going to do things in the perfect way that you do it to the nth degree. But that's why you're the boss. But you can't grow unless you get most of the stuff off your table, off your plate. It's just not, it's not possible. Right. It's only so, everyone has 24 hours. That's it. No one has more than that. You can, but you can have more than that if you have a team. I agree. I agree. Uh, and actually, on that note, I want to segue to the next question I wanted to ask you is, you know, this is key because, you know, um, I've been a part of a family business for a good part of 15 years. 
And maybe this is the Eastern European mentality, but, you know, my father's been one of those people that's like, he's, he's hired and fired and hired and fired and hired and fired. And for, for years, I couldn't understand why, like, why was he hiring and firing people, you know, like in such a short time. And then I understood that it was that mentality that like, he's looking for a person that's just like him, that's going to do things his, his way. And, I literally spent probably two years, you know, coaching him to understand that if you find someone that does things like you are better then you're out of business. And I said, because that's why, that's why you're the boss because you have a manager, you've got a process, but what you can find is people that do it just as good or even coach them to do it good, but it's going to take some time. Right. And that leads me to the question that I wanted to ask you is, finding quality people like how do you hire them how do you identify what are your tips on like identifying someone like you said hand off my operations to first thing is when it comes to remote work the number one thing people don't do is actually write a job description scope out the job (laughs) it's it it, listen Ivan it sounds crazy but you know, when we take on a client, you know, we do a bunch of things. We create, we create like a professional profile of the person. We have them do a video. We write a formal job description for approval, right? But the one thing that people need to do if they're doing this, this themselves is write a job description. Otherwise, how do you know what you're hiring for? Right. Uh, listen, I'm, I, I've fallen victim to it as well. But it's, it, that one thing makes a difference because then you know whether it's unrealistic, right? Which I've had clients... Give me uh, a laundry list. And I'm like, okay, this just you're, you're, you're looking for a pink unicorn with sparkly uh, eyelashes. Like it's not happening, but we can split up the job into two people and get the right people for both, right? So just write that job description, post it and hire to the job description. And, but that job description should not be you, right? It, it's not you. You're the visionary, yeah. right? Yeah. So that, that's my biggest tip. After that, it gets a lot easier. Then once you hire the person, you have to train train them. Use videos, right? There's a, a product yeah. called Loom, L-O-O-M. It's amazing. It's free when you first uh, sign up for it. We use it for all our trainings. Just re- it records your screen with a click and you just you know explain a task do a vi- through a video recording on your screen or you talking or it sees you, whatever, like a regular video. Just yeah. build that library. You only have to do it once. It takes, you know, a minute or two per video. And over time, you can basically outsource every task you get, every task you want fairly effectively. So write this job description, develop training videos. Yeah. And both of those really don't take time. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point, you know, and uh, I want to go back to what you were saying is just that you are a visionary. Uh, I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand is because I think they sort of, you know, they dilute their own potential, they degrade themselves. And I think it's kind of unintentional, you know, because I, I remember I've gone through a similar phrase phase to where like, well, maybe I'm not capable, maybe, maybe I shouldn't go after this, like you kind of almost self doubt yourself. And so when you start to look for other resources, eventually it's like, you still question that. But so I think it goes, comes down to like understanding that you bring a wealth of knowledge to the marketplace and you just need to be more confident, you know, in your pursuit of doing that. And then understand that nobody that you hire, right. is going to replace you. 
I mean, they're not going to do things as good as you. What they're what they're doing is they're coming in to help you so you can grow and scale, so you can focus on on other things, right? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think you said very well said. You know, the way I like to think about it is as an entrepreneur, you're an architect. Your job is to architect a solution. Now, when you're building a building, right, the architect is not laying brick, laying the foundation, doing the wiring, doing the plumbing. He's architected a solution that everyone else is working towards. It's the same, same type of thing, right? You have a vision, no matter what, you may not think of yourself as a visionary, but you are as an entrepreneur because you're bringing something to life. And then it's your job to put the different pieces in place in order to make that solution successful, right? Yeah. Your job is, I mean, I, I'm a grinder and it was just like, and I know this, <laughs> you know, and I still did it. It's just like, you know, I went to business school. I still know strategy. I still used to advise people. I still did it because my tendency is a grinder, but your job isn't to grind. Your, 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 your yeah. job is to you're man, you you are, you know, preaching to the choir, so to speak, because when you were saying that, like grinder, grinder, like, you know, look at my father, for example, is like, and this is the mistake I don't want to make, honestly, is, is that he'll work on weekends, you know, he'll work long hours, he'll burn out, he'll be tired. And my mom will be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, it's Saturday, you've been working three Saturdays in a row, like, like, stop, that's why you're burning out, you're not getting enough sleep. You're, you're tired. And like, I've told it to my father and like, I, I love him to death, but it's one of those things that like, I feel like he can't learn that. Yeah. That's why you're paying people, you know, you know, you have a, a small crew, grow your crew. And mind you, five years ago, we grew the crew, doubled the business in one year, then scale back because realize that, <laughs> uh, you know, 40% of, uh, 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 40% of total gross revenue per year was payroll. And it's kind of like, well, you got to pay your labor. You know, you can fluctuate that, but you still got to pay your labor because they're putting bread and, you know, bread and butter on the table for you and for them also. So you got to compensate your labor. But the mistake that I think most entrepreneurs make is this, that they try to duplicate themselves to where they overwork themselves and they burn out. Yeah. Oh, ab Absolutely. I mean, that, that is right, right on point. I and mean, you, you, can't, you can't duplicate yourself. And it's hard, look, it's hard to unlearn the grind. If that's just yep. your nature, it's hard to, hard to unlearn it. But the truth is, if you really think about, like, if I really think about all the work I did till two, three in the morning, I guarantee nothing after probably seven or nine, maybe if it was like, you know, something crazy, actually moved the needle, Yeah. right? I, I thought it did. But the truth is, I, and, and nothing when I'm working on a Saturday night, that doesn't, that never moves the needle, right? If that's how you have to work, and I, and I actually believe this now, and believe me, I remind myself, yeah. if I have to work like that, there's something wrong with how I'm structuring things, right? Yeah. There's something wrong, right? So, you know, if you have, you know, you're, you're fortunate enough where I'm doing too many sales calls, okay? That's great and all. And of course, that's why I make my money. But- Right. Then if it's too many sales calls, either A, what's sucking up my time, that's, you know, that is that that's stressing me out, or B, I need to hire it out. And it just makes more yeah. money. You have to investment spend, right? And I think just sometimes it's hard to see because you look at the dollars out and say, oh my God, it's 50,000 a year or it's 25,000 a year, but it's not. It's 2,000 a month or 3,000 a month. And you can always yeah. shut off the spend. You're not committed forever. You know, uh, as you were talking, talking about some of those things is that uh, 
yeah, there's the quantitative aspect of entrepreneurship and business, like, you know, what's coming in, what's coming out, right? Because you got to justify your expenditures. But um, I think passion and purpose is what a lot of people forget about is like, why are you doing what you're doing? Because I know plenty of entrepreneurs, you know, they're multi-million dollar businesses, but they're unhappy. They feel like they have to wind themselves every single day just to make money. And I'm like, what's the fun in that? Really? Like, I mean, are you really enjoying what you're doing? Or are you just like, you know, trying to make sure that your bills get paid and set some money aside? But in reality, you're not really happy, you know? Uh, uh, that was me. Um, so I talk a lot to people a lot about there's product market fit, right? That's a big mm-hmm. thing, right? It does, does the market want your product? Well, right. you can have that. But if it's not, you know, I have that in my e-com portfolio. Product market fit, we sell a yeah. lot of products. But business entrepreneur fit, right business, wrong guy. Right. If I'm being like, it took me a while to realize that I was like, I was in love with e-commerce. I was like, oh, I like selling things like buying and selling. I enjoy that aspect. But the truth is the business of e-commerce, the, the real business dealing with Google and all the intricacies that you have to deal with and advertising, positioning and marketing, A-B testing of pop-ups. That's not me. Yeah. It's just not. And the reason, you know, I love what I'm doing now is I just get to talk to people and help them solve problems, like help, help people. Right. And I am so much better geared. I didn't realize until I started the business so much better geared towards that, that I love, love it. But it's not to say it's easy. It's hard still building a business, but I, I love it. And, you know, you really do need to make sure it's the right business for you. Like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Matt, uh, you dropped the wealth of knowledge, man. I, def- I definitely appreciate all the insight that you shared. But we, before we sign off on this episode, throw out some handles, some websites, email, phone numbers, whatever. How can people connect with you? Sure. If everyone goes to extendyourteam.com slash freedom, you'll get an assessment quiz on where you are in the outsourcing journey. At the end of it, uh, you can uh, book a meeting with me, right? Um, also, go to our website, Extend Your Team hit contact us if you just want to book a meeting directly, but the, the quiz, the assessment is helpful. But if you just say, Hey, I know what I want, book a meeting with me, love to talk to you. Even if you just want to talk about your problems and we may not be the solution, but if I can point you in the right direction, that's not us. I'm happy to. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Matt. Really appreciate it. Nice to talk to you. I have a good fun.